Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 183, Episode 3 of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Wednesday, May 5th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. I'm all out of blast. I'm so lost without do. I drink it so much. My pee has now turned blue. That is courtesy of at resident underscore weevil uh, with a little classic Baja Blast humor. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined, <laughs> as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Don't be stupid. Get the vaccine. Get the vaccine. Get the vaccine. Get the vaccine. I want to eat corn publicly, but unless you get the vaccine. Um, that's just for me, because I was just thinking about that song that was that dance hit, Call On Me. Call On Me. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I do want to eat. I really, I, again, this has been a consistent dream of mine. I just, I'm waiting for that day I can eat corn on the cob, mask off in a crowd. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's so And I'm just specific. feeling free, baby. Is there any particular corn on the cob, like, just like, that comes out of a pot, a boiling pot? Or are you talking about, like, some of that good Mexican street corn? I'm, in my mind, I'm at a fair. You know oh, what I mean? Okay. So whatever's there, whatever they're cooking up there. But is yeah, it competitive? I'll, is it competitive? No, 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 no. It's not. It's just leisurely. Just something I was like, oh, look, look at this. Oh, shit. They got the elote with the crushed up Takis on it. Okay, I'll get that. Okay. Well, Miles, uh, we are thrilled oh, yes. to be joined in our third seat by a fucking legend. He is <laughs> a, a, the hilarious, the talented, the brilliant Brent Weinbach! Hey, 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 hey. Thanks for having me. I wish I had a song um, sort of planned to do a parody lyrics to, you know, in relation to something. But you know what did come to mind when you were talking about Elote was I've been ordering food a lot during the quarantine and mm-hmm. I've been sort of exploring options that I normally wouldn't really explore at, just to change things up. Mm-hmm. And I ordered from California Pizza Kitchen a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> and they actually have really good elote that they have that they sell. For real? Yeah. I mean, oh, I shit. I liked it. I don't know. Maybe as a connoisseur, you might think it's not so I good. I mean, I'm but... not going to say it, but yeah, I'll, I'll have some of the homies check it out. If they're like, oh, this is some garacha elote, then I'll be like, okay. Miles has people for that to test out his elote. Well, you know, I just, yeah, I'm very insecure, you know, so I want to <laughs> make sure it's the real thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you know what? I don't even know. I'm trying to even remember if it actually come to think of it. Maybe it's not even... Proper, I might be confusing it with a different place I did order a lote from, but mm-hmm. it's a corn salsa of sorts that mm. I thought this is actually pretty. It's a white corn salsa actually, Ooh. and I thought this is actually pretty good. And um, and then I was thinking to myself that California Pizza Kitchen, if I was going to sing along to sing a sing that as a parody song, it would work for a Red Hot Chili Peppers song, probably. You know. Okay. So oh, something yeah. like, you know, California, California Pizza, Pizza Kitchen. Kitchen. I'm surprised oh, yeah. they haven't done that yet, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I just cash in. Pizza cash Kitchen. In. And then, Ooh. I mean, you know, there's got to be some hit pizzas from CPK with peppers on them. Right. So that, like, oh, this, shit. Is, this can yeah. be a whole wave. I think uh, that that should be twenty that could years be the, too late. That's the future for Red Hot Chili Peppers is doing I mean, ads for um, yeah. Or is it exactly on time for where their career is? 
you know <laughs> right that this might be the the moment oh could to, you imagine like that's the next thing we see from from <laughs> Red what, uh, like, what i got i gotta get it put it in you and it's the thai pizza is the thing that they gotta get and put in you uh, oh i gotta is, get to put it in you the thai barber barbecue yeah or something like that <laughs> yeah, there you barbecue go. yeah cpk 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 now cpk 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 now see wow it shit, the CBDK. whole catalog yeah uh, hell yeah. CBDK, CBDK, CBDK. CBDK, whatever that means. CBDK. CBDK. So, like California, the pizza. Oh, California, the pizza kitchen. You know, CBDK, CBDK. Pizza, the kitchen. Yeah. CBDK, CBDK. Oh, yeah. CBDK, yeah. California, California pizza, the kitchen. Which is what the real heads call it. Actually, that kind of works too, because California pizza, the kitchen. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. I mean, we all refer to it as the kitchen when we're t- right, right. telling our friends where to meet us. After, right, exactly. Uh, at the kitchen, bruh. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, bruh. Meet me at the kitchen. <laughs> Take me to the place I love. <laughs> Take me to CPK. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. This could be uh, the entire be podcast, I feel so- like. Well, once you guys were both singing so- these songs, I thought, oh, yeah. what, do I kn- what do I think in it about? Oh, what about... And then you mentioned corn. I thought about the corn that I got from the yeah. thing. And I thought, oh, yeah, look, the, the future of Red Hot Chili Peppers' is career. So Sounds All like right. you've been having a real quarantine. Uh, is that <laughs> exactly, something, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Quarantine. Uh, quarantine. Cool. Uh, all right, Brent, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. Uh, but first, we are going to tell our listeners just a couple of the things we're talking about today. Uh, we're talking about the big lie, what that means now. We are going to talk about James O'Keefe and his new music video. We're going to talk about Art. Bagel Bites, getting sued, um, all of that, plenty more. But first, Brent, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? I mean, there's, let's see, I, I let me see. I mean, because sometimes it's just like addresses and that's kind of boring, you know, just like <laughs> looking up addresses. Okay, well, here's something that I looked up. Like, this is probably one of the most recent non, kind of just, I don't know, non-addresses, I guess, is um, Dave Cause, 90210. Okay. So, um, I had seen this already in the past, but I was thinking about it recently. And you guys probably don't know who Dave Cause is, or do you? No. Dave Cause is a smooth jazz saxophonist. Okay. And... (laughs) His hit track is called You Make Me Smile or something like that. Something about smile. I think it's You uh-huh. Make Me Smile. And there's an episode of Beverly Hills 90210 where they, on Kelly's 21st birthday, I didn't watch the show, but I somebody brought this to my attention. And it's so funny. They go to this Dave Cause concert for her <laughs> birthday. And these kids are 20, you know, they're supposed to be 21, right? Whatever. Oh, and they're going to the smooth jazz concert. Now, look. When I was in high school, I liked smooth jazz right. myself, but I was an anomaly, you know? Right. They're yeah. all into it, including Brian Austin Green's character, and, you know, who was, I think, probably into hip hop at the time, but they're all at this concert. Yep. And Dave causes, it's, first of all, he's wearing these huge puffed out pants. <laughs> they look like hammer pants. And he's wearing this vest. He looks kind of like a genie, you know, almost, uh, and a smooth jazz genie. And he's playing the saxophone and kind of doing these funny kind of dance moves as he's playing the saxophone. And it's just funny to see all these young people at this show as if they would be into this. And, you know, and they're all in their early 20s and they're all kind of, you know, they're nodding their head to it and they're into it. And it just, 
I, I'm just wondering who, which, which producer was a smooth jazz fan and thought right. this was be an accurate thing for kids to go to is to go. Oh, to this is gratuitous. Fan. I'm just watching this scene on mute and like, it's like one of those things where like in a movie where they somehow just, just brute force inserted like a music performance. You're like, this is fucking up the whole right. flow of the film right now. <laughs> right. But apparently y'all signed some fucked up contract, which made you had someone had to sing a ballad, right? A ballad right now. But it's like a two minute clip and yeah. they're just showing like the people on all the instruments jamming, yeah, motherfuckers yeah, yeah. slapping on bass. And then like, yeah, the young kids are like, man, this is that sound. <laughs> right. It's so funny because they would never be at that show. I mean, and you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, look, like I said, I, I, I'm in a smooth jazz. I was always in a smooth jazz, but that's, that's, you know, these kids are not, they weren't like me, you know? Right. Brian Austin Green, I will give him credit. He does look a little bit checked out. No, no, look at him. He he gets back into it though. Oh, he, he seems gets back checked into out at first, it? Oh. and then he's then he starts then he he's right back. I think he got inspired or something for a second, and his mind oh, drifted. But that... then he got gets back, oh, and he's yeah. just like, right. oh yeah. The only one he does maybe seem not as into it is Dylan. Is right. he's maybe not into it, and then Jason Priestley's kind of looking at Kelly, looking at her, thinking, so do you like this or <laughs> like? <laughs> Yo, she's licking her lips, looking at the yeah. stage. I mean, it's fucking hot. So it's one the of cause. the producers must have been friends with Dave Cause or something. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's such a that's such a thing that happens in shows about teenagers that are clearly written by, you know, people in their 40s. They, right. Their taste in culture is always very strange. I mean, uh, imagine, yeah. though, an alternate reality where smooth jazz was the dominant, most popular... <laughs> kind of music you know in right you know what i mean for for young people yeah. that'd be interesting imagine if that was only a young person's thing in fact you know be a lot less imagine fights if, in high school you know yeah right, that's right. <laughs> we're like oh you bumping that new pat Metheny album <laughs> yeah maybe different kind of fights yeah you know yeah yeah uh much more expressive i yeah. do wonder if dylan was because dylan was you know in his late 30s playing a you know 19 year old what yeah. Like, was he pretending, was he the only one who was checked out because he was, like, Secretly aware of it. that and, like, yeah, didn't <laughs> want people to, like, couldn't couldn't be too into it or else it would, like, reveal right. his 45-year-old heart? <laughs> he's kind of trying to be, like, a narc, but, right. I mean, he's, he's not, or he is a narc and he's trying to not reveal that he's a narc. Right, you know? right, right, right. I, yeah. I mean, within the world of... Uh, of the show or whatever. So he's, he's over there kind of just maybe like really restraining himself from like really grooving to it, you know? Right. And, but he's like, if I get into this too much, I'm going to seem too young. Yeah. <laughs> the cause. Gotta be Still cool. out here doing it. So, yeah, no, I thought, so that was something, I mean, I'd seen that already, but I was thinking about it recently and I thought, what's up with that? I want to watch that clip again. I want to see, or I want to know also why has and does anybody talk about this too? Does anyone? I was wondering if anybody was noticed that and thought that was weird. You know, no, right? Because like you look at the like on the YouTube video of it, there's two comments. One is someone just being like talking about the storyline from nine hundred two one zero, and then another person says, "Wow, Dave plays alto saxophone, but out comes a nice soprano saxophone." Ha ha ha. Um, and those <laughs> are the two I think things they're wrong that about that though, because. I was looking. I think I saw that comment too about this alto. It looks like soprano. an alto. It looks like an alto. Yeah, I I was looking at that too. I said that that's not a soprano. 
It's a, it's much bigger. But hey, you know what? Whatever. And I don't. I have a feeling that when you have a a band playing as themselves, the musician will probably bring his own instrument because it's like a very fancy silver saxophone. Right. Oh, Dave. That's so. what Kenny G plays, right? He plays soprano saxophone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of like other examples where the age of the producers was like kind of sublimated onto the young characters and, and I was just and re- incongruous with like what Yeah, the, completely incongruous. Yeah. Like the fact that the like five to nine year olds in full house were really into the Beach Boys. Uh and like <laughs> it was clearly just like a John yeah, Stamos and John the producers right. like uh pipe dream. Yeah. Yeah, what are some other examples of that? I'm j i am I wonder what the yeah, that's kind of a funny thing to that's a funny subject you know like yeah people being like into out, stuff yeah. that they shouldn't be into yeah you know or i feel that you like wouldn't... early seasons of buffy the vampire slayer some of the way that students talk they talk like they're from the 70s suddenly and i know it's like slightly campy but this sounds like some old white dude just wrote all this dialogue for this young teen girl but it seems like the slang was probably the t- like the thing that i most like tune into i'm like yo nobody talks like that that age right but i don't know also, you know, there was a show. I never watched this show. It was kind of after my time, but my brother, my little brothers watched a show on Nickelodeon called Hey Arnold. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, it was a you know, show for kids, I guess. But there was jazz in that. I think smooth jazz, in fact. I think there was smooth <laughs> jazz in that, too, I think. Like, people are going to, like in the way that a Marlon Brando character, uh, not not the one from The Godfather, is like a lesser known mob movie, but he invented the way that mobsters dressed like there's going to be a future world where kids all listen to that because they think that that's what kids used to listen to, even though it was completely made up for this. <laughs> right. By like 40 something uh, TV producers in the early 90s. <laughs> <laughs> what is something you think is overrated? Brent? I would say that the word literally is overrated. Mm. And no offense to anybody if any of you say that um, word, but it's a word that gets overused. It gets used way more than it should, and it, it to the point where I kind of think that the word needs to go completely, even mm. if it's used appropriately. And again, no offense to anybody who uses it, but the reason it's an overrated word is because it's used now to uh, as to emphasize things in a way that makes it's sort of this way that it sounds like people are trying to make something sound more important or interesting than it actually is. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of, whatever they're talking about becomes overrated because of using the word literally. And, and so, yeah, it just sort of sounds pretentious, I guess it's overrated. Literally. Let's get, and I'm saying abolish it. Let's abolish the word. Literally. Oh, wow. You're out right. with it. Yeah, it's one of those words that, like, yeah, I remember once, like, some older person was like, "Did that literally happen?" And like, I got real self conscious. I remember me like, "Oh fuck, right, right, use that <laughs> shit right." And I didn't like getting like pwned by some old person, so I was just like, "I'll use it like very scant," but I still like to use it from time to time. But that was my first introduction to being like, "Fuck, this is." Well, I'm saying even if it's not. Bested. It's now used even, okay, so sometimes people use it to mean figuratively, but then sometimes it's used now, it's just used all the time, even not, <laughs> they use it in a way that it, it it's not wrong to use it, but it's just used right. so much that it, there's no meaning, it has no meaning anymore. It's like yeah. the word like or something like that. And it's just, it, but it also, yeah. like I said, it's sort of like this emphasis word that it just uh, makes it sound like 
what they're about to they're, that they're saying is more important. It's just this way to make try to make things sound more important, but it's not though, you know. And yeah. you know, it makes me cringe when I look, I used it at one point before it became really popular in the last several years, and um, I used it in cases where. Um, Sorry, that's they're doing something outside. They're, yeah. Oh, that's you hammer. Okay, yeah. No, no, no. All good. It'll it'll be covered. It sounds like the ice blocks uh, setting <laughs> on the Casio keyboard to me through where, oh, from where I'm sitting. Cool. Yeah. The ice Deep block cut. sound. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's like you the know sound that. Like, tss, tss. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, it's just I used it in the context of where I was trying to differentiate between something that might be taken figuratively, but then you know you're kind of saying, <laughs> oh, it's actually really this. But now, when I hear recordings of that, and the, it makes me cringe, and I think, oh, I, I don't, I, I wish I never. I mean, it's back, <laughs> right. it's back when Forgive before me. it had become. Forgive me. <laughs> yeah, but now it's it's become so widespread. It's almost it's actually more contagious and infectious than coronavirus. I feel like is that because people <laughs> and a like bigger they st- problem. Yeah, it's, yeah, and a bigger problem, bigger issue. You know, I wish they when they gotta start coming out with a vaccine for the word literally <laughs> because. People, they get addicted to using it and they use it all the time. And people who didn't even use it a few years ago are using it now all the time. And I think it's just, I think it's just like the non swearing version of just saying fucking before. You're like, he's a fucking asshole. He's a literal asshole. Totally. totally. Literally. Fucking Such hate this. I literally right. hate this thing. Right, like, right, you know right, what I mean? Exactly. I think yeah. it's fucking for cowards. I think and that's what we just re- realized. And people start with it too. They'll say, you know, it doesn't even, you know, it's just, they'll say, literally, why is this doing this or whatever? <laughs> right. it, it just, they use it in these <laughs> fucking, the, why is this? <laughs> and, you know, and look, granted, I have been tried to become accepting of the way that, well, this is just how language evolves and people, you know, this is just what people are doing. But at the same time, let's just cut it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Let's just cut it, huh? Look at you. Yeah. When it becomes reflexive, it's probably time to try to replace it with something more expressive and creative. Yeah. Let whatever you're talking about speak for itself. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You know, (laughs) like let the importance of it speak for itself. And if it's not, then, you know. Do that work with your body language. A lot of uh, (laughs) heavy pointing on the table in front of you. And eyes wide open, maybe. Yeah. But it is this thing (laughs) that kind of makes things sound overrated. So it's kind of related to overratedness in that it's. It's an overrater. Oh right. wow! So you hear it, it immediately, it, it like it, it doesn't get through your filter because you're like, mm, it was, it was well, launched with literally, or yeah. literal, and now I realize mm, it might not be that severe. Right? It might not. It might be overrated. Whatever they're saying, it's an overrater. <laughs> right. Be, be, what, be weary when people do like it's literally the best show you've ever seen. <laughs> literally, right, there you go. Then it becomes yeah. so. So, so that yeah. does sound like the kind of suggestion I wouldn't take. They're like, "Oh, you don't like that band? They're literally the best band <laughs> out right now." I'm like, "Well, I don't know about that anyway." But what? And that's a little too aggressive on your end. Yeah. To be clear any any statement that starts with literally, like question mark, and then they say the thing that yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, I had somebody say that about weed. Like homies, like yo, this is literally like the the this fucking pre roll, blah blah blah. And I was like, mm, and it wasn't right. Uh, but shout it was out only to him. subjectively. What if that? What if people yeah. started saying figuratively though? Too that'd be kind of interesting. Just right. to spin on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, well, figuratively, that's the best thing i've ever seen in my life it's the best it's the best corn i've ever had in my life <laughs> figuratively it's, it's the best huh? white corn and blue corn chips that i've ever seen right. in my, i've ever tasted in my, and seen and tasted mm-hmm. figuratively figuratively right, obviously. <laughs> what figuratively. is uh what's something you think is underrated a lot of underrated stuff you right. know but probably uh 
video game music from the the third and fourth generation of video games. So mainly like the sort of mid to late 80s to early 90s to sort of touching on the mid 90s a little bit. But yeah, video so game music. Up to 32 bit. The- no, be before thirty two sixteen max sixteen so, bit max sixteen bit max yeah so wow. we're talking just Super Sonic. Nintendo Genesis and also Nintendo and Sega Master right. System you know yeah. yeah um some of the greatest figuratively the greatest <laughs> compositions ever <laughs> composed no um some of the greatest com- compositions ever composed are pieces of video game music and so with okay so that's already kind of underrated and then within that sort of world maybe one of the most underrated composers is Junko Tamiya who did the music to Gunsmoke and Street Fighter mm-hmm. 2010 and uh, Bionic Commando for Nintendo and Little Nemo the Dream Master and uh, Strider for Genesis and Arcade and um, she's just brilliant. She's the Capcom composer. GOAT. Yeah, she's one of the yeah. best. Her, I mean the whole sound team actually I want to make a show out of this actually, but it's just there's the whole sound team in the late 80s at Capcom where they were all women in their early to mid 20s. And um, they were responsible for so many soundtracks that you, that are, if you're around my age, you were ingrained into your psyche. And like the music to Mega Man, the original Mega Man was by one of these women at Capcom. And Street Fighter 2. Oh, well, let's call it Rockman, you know, out of respect. Right, right Rockman, you know exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Rockman. By the way, you know why it was called Rockman? No. It was because there's two reasons. One, it was supposed to be kind of like rock music, you know, like he's Okay. He's it's he's like rock music cuz um his sister's name is Roll, and so it's like rock and roll, and then oh. um he had this also sort of brother named Proto Man, but in Japan he was called Blues Man. So there was these genres of music were kind of involved in the in the in the game, but also because the way that when you, this is sorry, this is getting so specific. I know this is, maybe but I, you can, I, I you, hear you. I'm Japanese, so we just, you, we can go there. You can edit this out if you want, but it's the <laughs> the way that the game works is you when you beat a boss, you get their power, and then you can use that power against another boss and beat the boss really easily. And it's kind of like playing rock scissors paper, where you you know in the original one, there's a scissors kind of guy named Cutman, and you oh, can right. use that power against something else and there, there's another guy who kind of resembles actually rocks it's guts man he's right and you can use his power against scissors it will beat scissors and so forth but there's actually six different things and so you want to know which power will beat another boss easily so rock scissors paper that concept was part of it and that's why he's also called rock man yeah okay sorry if i'm ever sorry for uh rochambeauing with you i'm definitely uh not throwing the paper because you put scissors before paper when you well, describe it i've only heard it as rock paper scissors but you go rock scissors paper. Oh, what did i say what, what do you wait what do you see, hear it as usually i always hear it as rock, rock paper, paper scissors. scissors and you said rock, rock paper. scissors paper so yeah i think i maybe say it like that yeah rock scissors i mean but i mean everybody, everybody goes rock first though you know what, right. I, mean? You know what I mean yeah <laughs> remember rock live remember that show rock live oh hell yeah yeah that he was also tell, named man. after that he was named after that as well yeah <laughs> The producers of that show were big Mega Man fans. And then what? So then in America, they're like, ah, fuck, it's called Mega Man. (laughs) (laughs) They just are like, fuck Rock Man. Yeah. Well, and Uh, along with that, the, I don't know if you guys ever, again, getting too specific here, but the, the box art for the, the North American release compared to the Japanese release yeah. is so ridiculous. It's, it's like, like some, isn't it like some fucking Flash Gordon type shit? It, it yeah, it's like a. Ma- First of all, it looks like a real man. Where yeah, the Mega Man actually looks like a boy, and I've always kind of thought 
oh, they call him Mega Man, but he's actually more of like a Mega Boy, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or a Rock Boy. But Mega Adolescent. Right, right. A, a pube- rock pubescent, you know? <laughs> right. But the, you know, it's cartoony looking and kind of, you know, whatever. It's it, it's kind of based on Astro Man, actually, uh, the design of Mega Man, or the original Rock Man. But then for the box art for North America, it looks like a man, you know, it looks like yeah. a real man and he's not even wearing the right colors. You know, he's wearing a yellow kind of outfit and it's sort of just like, what is this? It's so I'm, weird. I'm sure there's like a conversation where like the Famicom people and then like Nintendo America were like, that ain't going to work here. Okay. They don't want little anime guys. They want a muscular fucking right. freak with a blaster arm. Well, he's not even that, uh, he's not even that muscular. He just looks like a regular man with just this... <laughs> yellow suit which is it's supposed to be blue and and he oh he's holding a gun also he's not i think he's holding and he's not he's not he doesn't have an arm cannon he's has a just a gun i think just a handgun yeah yeah Yeah. it really looks like the winner of like a seventh grade art competition it does it does not look like this is a professional work of art it's just funny because it's so it's just like the proportions are all weird it's also though when you play the game the game you know, the characters look like the way that the box art looks in Japan, you know, right. where they're cartoony and, you know, look more anime-ish, you know? And so it's, it's, it's almost as if the box art of the North American version is the, is the Dave cause of, the, you know, of the game in a way, you know what I mean? It's sort of right. incongruous with what the game should have. Right. And some like other and person stuff. thought they knew better to be like, so. no, don't use that. Use this monstrosity. Right. right, the kids love it. That's it's so interesting just... about the team being an all women team. I mean, it was like oh, I would say like half the composers, the prominent composers at least in during this era, were women. But that might have been for not as cool of a reason as one might think. I think it might it might have had to do with like pay wages and stuff. And yeah, and Japan I'm is sure, pretty I'm misogynistic. Sure. So it, it might uh, it might have yeah. been that. But then again, some of the greatest compos- video game composers are also male too. But um, a lot were women though, and it was uh, half of them. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. a- everywhere too. It, at uh, Konami, there were some great female composers, and Nintendo had great female composers also. Just anyway, it's great music, underrated. Get into Eric- it. Is it like something about the fact that they were working with like a limited, yeah, uh, palette? Of Absolutely, hundred percent. It created so a new they- genre almost of music that working with those limitations where there was restraints. I mean, that's always kind of how great art can sort of emerge is from right. working within limitations. And so that's really the case here. And also their ability to sort of tell a sort of musical story within a very short period of time. I mean, you, sometimes some of these loops are 30, 45 seconds sometimes, and you hear this full sort of musical narrative expressed in the composition. And it, I don't know, it's just, and it's done with just, sometimes just three voices right and sort of the interplay between the voices and uh, you know just the, the harmonies it's 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 really dynamic music and it's done with just very limited means it's it's pretty cool it's really amazing music you know and, uh, oh that that's more like the 8-bit stuff but and in the 16-bit stuff too which is has it's not as limited still still amazing compositions you know yeah um, and very cool and complex music you know Nice. Uh, All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about the big lie. (laughs) 
And we're back. And the MAGA universe is continuing to MAGA, uh, particularly in uh, Florida. Uh, we got DeSantis, you know, issuing his own sort of racist voter rights suppression shit, su- yeah. voter suppression. But yeah, the, the big lie was such a hit with the MAGA world that a lot of states are starting to convince themselves the election was stolen, uh, even yeah. though there's like literally no, literally no <laughs> evidence, Brett. Figuratively. Yeah. Um, but yeah, voters. <laughs> Jack, you're going to be thinking about that now, the whole now, time. Uh, like, there's <laughs> zero evidence literally, in a literal uh, sense. There's zero. Mathematically uh, zero uh, yeah. evidence. Mathematically impossible. Indubitably, no evidence. So you could even say actually yeah. as an alternative, there's actually no evidence at all. Right. You know, people might start getting <laughs> annoyed by that There's fucking no word. evidence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's what I like. yeah, take it back to that word, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the voter suppression, it's all over the place because of Trump like insisting off of his own like fever dream that the election was stolen. Right. And yeah, George is getting a lot of the shine. But mm-hmm. Ron DeSantis... He's like going all in. He's like, yeah, man, I get it. Because, you know, those mail-in ballots, they're all fucked up. We got to do something about it. So he's basically setting the mail-in ballot procedure on fire in the state of Florida. His bill is equally shitty. You know, also barring people from giving like food or drink or water to people who are waiting out in the hot sun. Um, And very, you know, it's transparently a voter suppression bill aimed at keeping people of color from voting. But it's just... So fucking poorly thought out that now we've entered like the comedy phase of what these Republicans are trying to do because mail-in ballots, right? It's like it was the star of the 2020 election. All this stuff where like they were spiking. It's right. like, yeah, we got this. And then it's like, well, hold on. We haven't counted the votes that were mailed in yet. And then it's the blue shift happened. And because right. of that, the, the Republicans are completely forgetting how much they rely on mail-in ballots themselves just because of what happened in 2020. Like, it's a huge part of like wins for the Republicans in Florida. So right now they're trying to be like, yo, okay, let's got it. We got to make sure no illegal voting is happening. So this Senate bill 90 is going to require voters to reapply for mail-in ballots every two, uh, every two years uh, rather than every four years as like what the current law is. And it like also prohibits drop boxes and things like that. But again, because This is a huge part of the strategy of Republicans in the state of Florida to use mail-in ballots. They were like a lot of other operators like, no, 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 don't do this. Don't do this. Uh, We need like you can't make it harder for old people or the military to vote in Florida because we need them to be able to just mail in their ballots whenever. And there's one uh, a, a consultant who was speaking on a condition of anonymity saying, quote, Donald Trump attempted to ruin a perfectly safe and trusted method of voting. The main law that we pass when we pass election bills in Florida is the law of unintended consequences. <laughs> so they are self-owning with this bill, it turns out. Or like they're just as equally going to disenfranchise their voters because now they have to do a lot of work to the elderly in Florida to make sure they're all registered. And then if they're like, well, I don't want to go out and physically vote. They're like, well, fuck, I guess you can't vote today. then. But I mean. I feel like anything that is getting in the way of pure democracy of like letting people vote is good for them just because they don't like they don't have the numbers. So like any way they can mix it up, like sure. But here's the deal is, though, yeah, black and brown voters are used to waiting in line for hours to exercise (laughs) their democratic right to vote. 
Yeah. Old yeah. white people are not. They are yeah. used to mailing in their ballots or all the elderly community in the senior citizens of Florida are not. They're not built to stand in a fucking line for a fucking three hours. Are you kidding me? So yeah. that's where they're like a lot of these operatives and consultants are like, no, no, this is such a bad idea. Like it, it's a less work to know that these people with the mail in ballots are like reliably going to be conservatives and like letting that always factor into it. But now it's just creating more work for them in terms of outreach. You hate to see that. You know, I mean, yeah, you absolutely. Uh, they work so hard and then they just don't bother thinking, mm -hmm. thinking through how they're fucking things up. Yeah, it's it's all stupid. But, you know, th something I was thinking about just now is we we're talking about MAGA stuff. What if some kind of younger people were trying to, like, get MAGA stuff going and they created a zine and it was, you know, about MAGA stuff and it would be called a magazine. <laughs> it would be called magazine. And it was just, right. you know, they're kind of like distributing these little like, you know things about like what's <laughs> what's in for like the MAGA culture and stuff and like which which smooth jazz artists that they're into and stuff at the yeah, time or whatever the they're MAGA of, rally yeah yeah <laughs> cause um, is opening for red hot chili pepper yeah, exactly. <laughs> but i mean but has no one i'm surprised that there hasn't been a MAGA zine yet you know what's up you know when are they going to do that well this is a thing we always talk about the crisis of like no creativity on the right like maybe right. I think like Jonathan Schwartzwelder from The Simpsons is probably like conservatives greatest contribution to comedy. But like right now they can't even do those. That's an easy pun. Right. And right. Yeah. they completely. And I think because a zine is too like urban city things like. Well, they can just not even make it a zine, but just make it a magazine, you know, just a regular right. magazine, too. If they don't if it's if being a, an independent zine is too, you know, it's not independent and too. urban, then just make it a regular magazine. Right, yeah. a, but, mag a magazine, by, a magazine. Yeah. Yeah. Right, but, but like, just has the anyone ever made inquire. that pun yet, or what? I mean, I I think you got to mail that to yourself right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Write it, write that, it down. Get that mail locked it, in. Post it. I got to sell it to some. I got to sell it to the. Make you know. some I mean, we've always joked about just starting a consulting firm for conservatives who have just zero ideas, <laughs> and then like just charging them to help for the worst ones. Obviously, right. we're not going to do that, but it seems like it could be an easy grift to like be the money. smartest creative, like in a neocon consulting firm. <laughs> They're like oh, Brent yeah. comes through with like the best slogans <laughs> for these attack ads. It's unbelievable. Right, we'll, 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 yeah, we'll get we'll get Red Hot Chili Peppers to do the music. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they would turn them down. You would come with the Mega Man poster that was like, right? You know, a, a play oh Mega Man, Mega there Man you go. Poster, but then they'd just be like, "Well, we already have this one where Trump's head is uh photoshopped onto Rambo's body, and we think that's sick." So, uh, right. get out of here with your Mega Man wordplay bullshit. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's that's actually that's a good idea, actually. You know, <laughs> you know, it's Mega Man, and it's like, it's yeah, it's Trump. It's a tr it's a sort of anime version of Trump with uh, any, but instead of you know blue, it's orange. You know, it's all yeah. orange. He's he's wearing a whole orange Holy outfit. Shit, man, we need to copyright this entire episode. We've already got this. We're gonna CPK mail this out. Just mail the episode to ourselves the, right. before we upload it. Justin, mail it to yourself. Yep, we got the CPK. And Justin owns uh, the copyright. RHP, <laughs> RHCP, CPK. Mm -hmm. What would Trump have instead of an arm cannon? You know, or like for an arm cannon? It just shoot out a bunch of diet coke. I think. Yeah, <laughs> diet coke. Just like, yeah. it was like so useless. I was like, what the fuck was that for? Just douse <laughs> Guys, the whole room with RHCPK. Maybe he shoots out diplomas from a... Uh... Did you say RHCPQ? Oh my yeah. God! <laughs> Stop! Hey, 
RHCP what? RHCPK RHCP is Red Hot Chili Peppers Pizza Kitchen. I'm trying to recreate the scene in Goonies where he's like Chester Copperpot. Chester Copperpot. You got RHCPK. Very specific. Goonies reference. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I I was actually was just. You know, speaking of Google searches that were recent, I was just looking up the guy, but now I forgot his name, who was in, he's one of the Fratelli brothers in The Goonies, who, but he was also in The Matrix, you know, because he was in oh, something shit. I saw recently. Oh, I was, I rewatched The Fugitive recently, um, and he was in that movie also. Wait, he's Joey the, Pants? Joey Pantalone? Yeah, Joe yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, 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 right, yeah. Also from uh, Sopranos. Yeah. Oh, is he in that too? Yeah. And yeah. Memento, one of the greats. Isn't he wow, I didn't even realize that he was the younger brother in that. In the Fratellis? Yeah, of the Fratellis. I was overshadowed. In the frat. Yeah, in the frat. He's one of the frat brothers. <laughs> the frat brothers. And I just played the, I played the, uh, the original, sorry to bring it back to this, but the original Goonies game um, on Famicom recently. Was that a good game? It's okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's I mean, it's one of these, it's it's a mid '80s game that's like kind of cryptic and you know it's I don't know there's a lot of secret stuff that would be hard to figure out on your own but I did figure it out so I guess it's doable but is my memory right that they have the um, giant octopus in the video game or like not on... in that one and oh, okay. I don't think in the other one too, in Goonies two which is okay. more people are familiar with that came out because Goonies one didn't come out in North America but well oh, at least on okay. on Nintendo but. So my my memory is not right. That's all. That's but that giant octopus <laughs> thing though. That was in the uh, TV broadcast. I don't know if anyone ever saw yeah. the TV broadcast of the Goonies, but it was. I mean, when you think about the amount of budget they must have spent setting that up, like getting all the effects for this giant octopus, like it that was like a set piece at the center of it, and then they were just like. Totally. Oh, the, this doesn't work at all. We're just going <laughs> to cut it out, and the movie's much better without it. I think that at the end, when they're the kids are talking to their parents about what happened, I think you can you hear Data talking about the octopus. Yeah, there's and a giant octopus. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Or he's saying that there was a there was a sea monster or something like that. Oh yeah, that's right. He does say sea and, monster. You know, if you were listening, you would think, "What is he talking is he okay? about?" <laughs> I uh, dramatic. that movie was so influential on me that me I spent a lot of my childhood crawling around in sewers. <laughs> like, oh just, really? Wait, and, dude, like what? Yeah, we wait, had wait, like wait. a creek that went by our house and then it like connected off to all these like, oh, like uh, drainage drain. pipes and oh, okay. storm drains and shit. And but I mean, there were like pipes coming in from all over the place and was the sewer there... was not clean. Right. But I was, you know, I would my friends and I would like crawl. It wasn't you a lot going around? on in Dayton. Yeah. Was there Dayton, pool stuff in there? I think there must have been. Oh, my I think gosh. there must were there rats. No, no rats. And did you make friends with them like Ben? Yeah. yeah. We had a lot of frogs. Made friends with some frogs. I just, Was there you frogs said, in there? Yeah. Yeah. The way you said, I used to hang out in the sewers a lot. I just pictured you as a kid like going up to a storm drain by a curb and like rolling into it. <laughs> like, Hoosh! And like, like, there goes Jack. But and that's nice. how it is in the movie Ben, by the way. <laughs> you just kind of go roll into the, the sewer like that. Straight up. Know? Yeah. It was very much like Bane. Uh, Bane's hangout in uh, Dark Knight Rises. Uh, Many yes. multi-level. When you said you hang out in the sewers, I imagined you to wear 
like a colored band around your sort of eyes, but it's like cut it, the eye, there's holes cut for the eyes and then yeah, for you know, having, a she- having a shell and eating pizza and the California pizza kitchen. And, right. Exactly. Yeah. Know, listening to red hot chili peppers, I guess. Yeah. Checking out your magazines. But, uh, I wanted to be data though. I thought he was so cool in that movie. Oh yeah. That was, oh, yeah. I want, he was my favorite Goonie and he was so cool with his gadgets and stuff. And I don't know. I thought he was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Jonathan Kwan was like the fucking goat, like Asian kid to want to be like back then. Cause like, yes, like I'm, I'm data or short round or whatever he's going to be in. And I was so right. obsessed with Jonathan Kikwan. My dad took a photo with him and I took that shit to school to be like, yo, my dad met Jonathan <laughs> Kikwan and it's not even me. And in the photo. <laughs> Just going but then and I did end up meeting him when I was a kid and almost lost my mind. Uh, but he yeah. was like 26 at the time. And it was like definitely a different vibe. Oh, but if, really? you, if you're a Jonathan Kwan fan, I want to say he's in a terrible martial arts film called Breathing Fire. And I've I've talked about this like on another podcast because it's like one of my favorite terrible movies. And I'm pretty sure the whole thing's on YouTube or Amazon or one of those things. But it's about he's like this kid who is an orphan from the Vietnam War. And like this guy who killed his mom, who was a Viet Cong sniper, brings him back to the United States and raises him as his own, like with, oh alongside his white child. And then Jonathan Kikwan realizes his like adoptive father is like a fucking just criminal, like robber dude. And like him and his brother try and stop some vague crime syndicate. And then they realize it's their dad. Shit is uh-huh. wild. And there's like karate tournament aspects to it. Oh, hell yeah. And all kinds of problematic, like late 80s, early 90s, you know, shit. But there's always ambient karate tournaments going on. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how long yeah. you want to spend on Kikwan, but I, he, I, I met him re- kind of recently myself a couple oh, years shit. ago. And I was just, I, I didn't realize it was him at first. It was just, you know, I just, he just seemed like a guy, you know, just like this random guy. And then I was like, he's, but his voice sounds the same still actually from right. when he was a kid. Right. And I was saying, wait, that, like his accent is still there. And I was like, That's, that sounds familiar. And I was, and I realized, is that data? And I was, and I, and then anyway, and then I was kind of introduced to him and it, and it was him and it was kind of crazy. I mean, it was the same kind of thing. I mean, like I wanted to be him when I was younger right. and, and then when I did, then I was talking to him about, you know, yeah, you know, Temple of Doom and stuff and just, I don't know, it was a trip, you know, to just talk to, talk to him and stuff. And he's getting back into acting now too, by the way. Oh, nice. So you right. didn't realize it was him until a boxing glove came springing out of his coat. Like, <laughs> to, yeah. to like a, some teeth chomped onto <laughs> yeah, my, like, I don't know, chomped onto my <laughs> arm or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, uh, he was like, like, it was weird because they were a group of kids who had like normal kid abilities. Like one of them was kind of chatty. Uh, one of them was, one of them had asthma and then he just had like straight up superpowers. He was like, Iron Man. <laughs> he was just like the greatest fucking. Look, that's so my dad cool. and Jonathan Kiko. Oh, Yo! wow. That is cool. <laughs> so t- I took that shit to school. I that's was like, yeah. Hell. That's looking like uh, almost like Encino Man days, or something like yeah, that, or yeah. or it looks like a fucked up version of like a shelved version of Rush Hour that never came out. But <laughs> yeah, it's definitely they were they were they were homies for a moment. Nice. He looks like he's maybe head of the class at eight era, you know, <laughs> right? Oh, head of the class, another another classic, uh, literally a classic. <laughs> uh, all right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back.
And we're back. And so James O'Keefe, who's like the Project Veritas guy who like does these undercover reporting shenanigans uh, where, you know, always very uh, manipulative and Mm -hmm. edited, like like parts of people's sentences will be edited out of like it's like, and I think you should come to like. Yeah, it's like when Homer was on there talking about the. The gummy yeah. de Milo wasn't that that episode? Yeah, that sweet, sweet or whatever. <laughs> but but he just released like I don't know what to do with this. My brain does not know what to do with this video. Uh, he released a music video where he's like dancing in a way that I think is meant to approximate like sexuality. The whole thing is wild because yeah, the the last time for listeners, if you're not maybe uh, okay, like in the beginning of the Obama administration, he went after Acorn. And yeah. fucking Plant Parenthood, Plant Parenthood, out. and like did all these weird gotcha videos. We talked about him a few years ago when Roy Moore was running for Senate in Alabama, and yeah. all those young women were like, or at the time they were saying like he was like uh, like aggressive with me or had assaulted me or whatever. There were a lot of allegations against Roy Moore. James O'Keefe tried to, if you remember, he created he had some woman pretend that she also had an accusation against Roy Moore and tried to gotcha the Washington Post. And they like reverse set her up like on camera because they're like, oh, hell no, this person's with Project Veritas. And he went into the shadows and now he's back because he's been banned from Twitter. Project Veritas has been banned from Twitter because just all disinformation. So he goes to YouTube because he's setting up a legal fund to help other grifters who he says have been defamed by the mainstream media or something to help them fight back against the defamation that's happening. And I guess to celebrate that, it's a parody of the Prince track Controversy, but it's called Oligarchy. And For some reason. I'm going to play the video. Uh, you can hear the music. It's it's really, really cool. Um, and <laughs> we'll talk about it on the other side. They sued the New York Times for defamation. Project Veritas just won a major victory in that case. Come to you and offer you $100 million. You're not going to settle? I would tell them to go to hell. I, 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 I just can't believe Okay. James O'Keefe is suing Twitter for defamation. Okay, so he likes to dance. <laughs> yeah. Is like that this, James O'Keefe dancing? Yeah, that's, James yeah. O'Keefe is the main dude. Okay. Um, he was shuffling and all that kind of shit. He was, I, it feels weird because it's so like masturbatory. Like right. it, it doesn't make sense about for any what I don't know what his aims are at all. As well, a maybe person. to dance. Right, right. That's all it is. That to me, I'm like, I think he just wanted to dance with other people on like camera. Like this whole grift has been about him getting a chance to dance on camera. Like, like he just wants to express himself through his body, you know? Like and there's like all this real dancers this in the background, like doing coordinated moves. I don't know. If you watch some of the choreography, I wouldn't call that professional dancing although there were people but like who did, those like, people nice... who are leaping in the air and doing that was like, that was the most legit dance move in the video yeah those people probably have some dance background i just i'm just saying that this this looks more uh thought out and uh expensive and well not well but like uh preconceived than anything he's ever done 
Right. Is, is this video. <laughs> right. I, I guess because it's so confusing. He's finally speaking through his language, which isn't disinformation, which is it turns out. It's fucking dance. Like he looks <laughs> so happy. It's weird. It yeah. has that again. That's why I'm confused as to what the aims are of this because it purely just feels like, thank God, I can just dance to one of my favorite print songs. Hopefully, <laughs> just do a parody version to clear, you know, claim fair use and put this out there so they can see. It's funny that the whole song parody thing kind of came back around here to this you know like, right <laughs> started with that and now it's this i mean we've always considered ourselves the poor man james o'keefe's of the of the left so oh, absolutely yeah. and i mean yeah he's gonna be in an epic rap battles of history i think next up <laughs> at this rate but what's wild though after this though is a lot of the other weird right-wing grifters or mainly jack posobiec tweeted this like retweeted the video and then a ton of bots did too, but like with all the same copy to like create this sort of perception of this groundswell where every like countless just fucking burner fake ass accounts just full on the exact same copy retweeted over and over and over again. So it's got like so there's there's so many nice touches of grifting all over this uh, release that, you know, it's just uh, it's quite something else. Yeah, there is. A suspicious number of upvotes of thumbs ups on the on the video. Fifty one thousand oh. thumbs up to just four hundred ninety four uh, thumbs downs, and I mean, the comments are are glowing. Uh, so <laughs> I I suspect I suspect the involvement of some bots maybe. Or maybe I'm just jealous uh, of his moves. <laughs> Can you yeah, move like you that? You got to get back into the studio. Hell no. Yeah, yeah. You gotta I gotta start working on your body. Yeah. <laughs> I told you, you got to get on TikTok to get your footwork right, man. There's also like some attempted nonchalance that he's like not pulling off at all. Like there's a lot of you can you can kind of he- see the counting going on in his head, and then yeah. like the fake smile, like that's like kind of plastered on his face. I mean, like he's he's hitting the choreo. But he has that panic. In, I know the inside of his mind is panicked when he's doing right. the counts. Like three and four, five, six and seven. Eight. <laughs> and like, but I think he has to wear glasses be, like because he has black shades on because his eyes are probably like this, like wide open. He's like <laughs> one and two and three. And like just, it's yeah. like, oh shit, put these glasses on, James. You look a little uh, bugged out. It looks, it looks like uh, he was inspired by Rick. Uh, what's, what's the Texas... Former governor Rick uh, Rick Ocasek, Rick Ocasek, yeah. <laughs> uh, one of those one of those conservative politicians who was on like Dancing with the Stars, like that. That looked like oh, that Rick was Perry? his and Rick Perry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, by the way, way too cool a name for him, Rick Perry. But <laughs> it's a cool he... name. <laughs> it is yeah. kind of cool though. It does sound like a cool kind of. It's like Rick Perry, you know. It sounds like yeah. Luke Perry. It sounds like yeah, kind of sounds like Luke Perry speaking of Del- Dylan, and then it also it sounds like Joe Perry, kind of a little bit. I mean, yeah, you know, Perry. And Rick and is like such a bad name that it's kind of yeah. come around R- for me. <laughs> exactly, Rick is well, but Rick is like a classic. I mean, like eighties like guy name, you know, yeah, like dirtbag, eighties dirtbag, yeah. Rick or hero too. Sometimes, <laughs> well, it's like you know, those Rick can and be the hero. same thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. In the 80s, the dirtbags were heroes is the thing. So, yeah. That is something that like we is available to us in in many iterations. The conservative older dude like trying to dance like that's now a thing that is. How all old over is the, the guy? I, 
He's I think like he's early thirties, mid thirties, I'd say. Okay, yeah. I mean, so he's kind of still young, though. Is he, he? Yeah, I mean, I consider I mean, that to be, but kinda... he has no swag, so like he's he feels right. like he's fifty eight years old. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, he's thirty six. Feels like feels like fifty. I was assuming fifty because of what he looks like in this video, but yeah, that's yeah. Okay, so he's a little younger, but you know. It, there's also like it feels like you're watching a video from an alternate universe where the Nazis won World War Two. Like, right. There's just a weird like I don't know the culture is all off. There's a lot of like tight <laughs> right. black swagless yeah. culture. Yeah. They're still they're still uh, watching news on those old cathode ray TVs, and they he has the uh, classic scene where he hits hits them with a sledgehammer, dude. Because sledgehammer, him, bro. You yeah. Know what I mean. I mean, look, if he was really bond, he would have smashed up a fucking OLED flat screen. But yeah. he said, I see you with those old CRT cathode ray tube TV. Man, you're not balling, James. Yeah. But those are so much easier to stack. I've got three of them. Yeah, exactly. You got you cathode fuck them rays? up on the daily. Yeah. I, got, <laughs> I got three cathode ray TVs. Though. One 19-incher, one 27-incher, and one 36-incher. Oh, shit. With the, with the built-in DVD VHS combo. No, no built-in, no built-in, uh, no built-in combo, no combo built-in rate? combo. No, but uh, you know, it's looking good though. I mean, the, that thirty-six inch is looking thick. It looks good, yeah. <laughs> and it's cool. I do this thing where I throw a balloon at it, and it'll stick because of the static right. Right. coming exactly. off the screen. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They are so thick. That's something that people probably don't. They they probably think, oh, they were just like you know. A box or something. This but is like the big... most washed episode we've ever had. <laughs> a <laughs> big ca- cathode ray TV would take up your whole fucking room, dude. This yeah. that one, this thirty-six inch one that I have, it was so, so heavy and it was so hard so to get heavy, up, man, uh, to the second floor of where I, in the building that I live in, and I was like, it took four of us to carry it up, and it was just like <laughs> so heavy. I don't like. Gosh, when I move, it's gonna. Well, you just leave hire it. Some strong. I well, no, I get some strong. <laughs> I need some strong guys. I gotta get, right. hire some strong guys to go and girls. Some strong guys, bodybuilders. Yeah, to uh, lift this thing. It's so heavy. It's crazy. And then you can make a video of your own. Just strong guys lifting, lifting your big TV for Cathode you. Cathode ray TVs. Yeah. yeah, make it. Yeah, to to another Prince parody or something. <laughs> Let's talk about what's in Bagel Bites. I think we've we've been dancing around this yeah. long enough. What is in Bagel Bites? Literally not mozzarella. <laughs> or not enough. Well, that's apparently. the question. That's the question, <laughs> what right? What is enough? Yeah. They advertise it as having mozzarella, real mozzarella cheese in it. Yeah. It has like the real cheese seal on there, too. And... Wisconsin uh, has some questions. Yeah. Because do. that's the cheese capital. Or that, yeah. that's the cheese, you know, that's the cheese state, you know. Yes. They wear, they fucking cheese heads. I've, right. I understand the energy that these people are coming with. Because, yes, this woman is suing because, say, I'm being misled around the mozzarella cheese. Now, this person's lawsuit is saying that they're claiming, look, Wisconsin and federal regulations require any, quote, any purported mozzarella that contains added food starch in place of milk to be labeled as imitation mozzarella cheese. Now, the, now what's happened now, th- before this, Heinz Kraft, the owner of Bagel Bites, said it's all good, really, because what we say is we do have some real mozzarella cheese and we have some that is kind of that other one with the food starch. So what we call it is a cheese blend. 
And so we're okay with that because we're not saying, we don't have to say imitation because there is real shit. So don't you back the fuck off. You're still eating mm. it, aren't you stupid? So the, <laughs> the lawsuit goes on and it just, I love the way this is sort of worded. But essentially this person is suing on behalf of anyone who bought bagel bites in Wisconsin. Okay. You were part of this class action lawsuit now. And th they're all they're asking is like, just correct the packaging. You know what I mean? And there's unspecified damages. I don't know what what kind of swing you take when you're trying to sue Heinz Craft over bagel bites and what you yeah, wait, what are the damage? Are. I have unspecified so far. Hmm. Yeah. But I just want to read this quote from the lawsuit. It says, quote, Wisconsin consumers want real mozzarella, mozzarella cheese and pizza because they one, value its soft, moist texture, two, its milky yet tangy taste, and three, its high protein and relatively low calories and sodium compared to other cheeses. So this is a viral stunt by big mozzarella cheese, it seems like. That, big mozzie. Big, big mozzie. Because she pulled up in that mozzie. You know big what I mean? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It, but it, it, it does seem to be part of like a, on one hand, I understand the cheese passion of the people of Wisconsin. But this also, this same lawyer who's filing this lawsuit is also representing someone that's suing an ice cream company for not using real vanilla flavoring. Uh -huh. So this 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 kind of falls like in line even with like the subway tuna thing, which, by the way, the tuna, that was just nonsense. Wait, what? There was a, these people <laughs> in Northern California sued Subway because they claimed it wasn't tuna in the tuna. They're like, huh. it's not tuna. And that's why we're suing. It's a lie. But then like if you like magazine outlets are like, let's just go get this DNA tested to see what the substance is. And people are like, yeah, this is tuna. But I don't know. <laughs> like, I guess we haven't yeah. heard where that lawsuit has gone. But it got okay. a lot of people to talk about it. But this seems like a thing where these are like sort of easy to win or like worth getting a settlement for because you're kind of being like, oh, shit. OK, I'm gonna hit them with the that's not real mozzarella <laughs> cheese. And then they'll give me like a quick settlement and boom, boom, I've got me a, a I got a new fucking charger or whatever. But then they do the DNA testing on the, the cheese <laughs> right, and it turns right, out yeah. it's, it's true mozzarella. It turns out yeah. it's tuna. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're all fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> It's literally, it's from Sicily. It's literally <laughs> Sicilian. Oh, side note. You know, every time you're saying mozzarella, mozzarella cheese, I just kept on thinking mozzarella cheese because <laughs> there's this commercial that Tommy Davidson was in for this, um, this, this Wait, from a living color, Tommy Davidson. Yeah, Tommy. Yeah, living color. We're Tommy holding Davidson. this episode down for people of the eighties and nineties. Yes. Right <laughs> Go then, on, uh, man. So you popped on your CRT TV, <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, is. It's he's the spokesperson for this item called the Pizone, which oh, yeah. is it's it, for. I guess it was maybe maybe it's Pizza Hut. I don't know some yeah. pizza chain, right? And he said, and and then he was he's like tantalizing top. He said at one point he goes mozzarella cheese, and the way he says mozzarella, it just sounds funny to me. It says <laughs> yeah. mozzarella instead of mozzarella cheese. I mean, it sounds like he's saying mozzarella at least. Because the pizza, the pizza you eat like a sandwich. It's mozzarella cheese. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like he's saying mozzarella cheese. Mozzarella yeah, cheese. But he's, he's getting yeah, He's speaking very quickly. It's mozzarella yeah. cheese. Ooh, it's mozzarella wow. cheese. Tantalizing toppings. It's funny how those like weird words stick out in your mind from a commercial from 19 years ago. <laughs> but it's still like, I feel that way. There's like things I can't shake from my mind from yeah. like, like there's like a, I'm stuck on Band-Aid brands. There's like, there's one, there's like a four-year-old that says like Band-Aid brands doesn't actually say Band-Aid brands. And I laughed. I'm like, this kid's stupid. Get him off the fucking TV. <laughs> and I still think of that shit now. So I oh, see yeah. that totally with that pizza mozzarella. So, sticks so hardcore. Yeah, definitely. Gosh, tons of stuff. Oof. Do we think the Wisconsin's 
Like I, I had, we had a house guest from Wisconsin a couple years ago and they brought us cheese curds from uh, Wisconsin. I had that one. I had that once. Yeah. And they were like good, you know, they were, but they weren't like any, I, I'm just wondering if Wisconsin's like cheese aficionado thing that they're going with here is overdone or if I just haven't had the right sampling of Wisconsin cheese that like, because I, I'm a fan of all cheeses. Like I feel mm -hmm. like other states have kind of nailed the cheese thing to a certain degree. Dude, this might be a case of like, but what's overrated is right. Wisconsin. The idea of Wisconsin cheese, you know. Right. Maybe. I'm also somebody who thinks craft singles are pretty good, so I might be <laughs> the wrong. Yeah. The wrong don't person to ask. don't. If he ever invites you over for charcuterie, be prepared to be very disappointed on what comes up. <laughs> Bologna and craft that is singles so funny. with Ritz crackers, but it's on a really dude nice Euro thing. style, huh? My boy, you're just in Italy, man. Can't you relate? And I'm like, what? Well, what if it was all really nice meats and stuff, though? But the, right. just the cheese was just craft singles, <laughs> yeah, though. Like, you know, it was just everything else is all really nice. You like, know? bro, couldn't you have at least taken the plastic off of these and right. set them up nice like, oh no because then your fingerprints get embedded in the cheese slices and you'll you could tell so maybe craft singles for you is is underrated you know? yeah yeah i i think and speak only in over and underrated so that's how my brain works brent it's been such a pleasure having you man where can people uh find you and follow you i understand you have a new podcast coming out on this very network. It, it is. Okay. Yes, that is right. On iHeartRadio, there is a, it's, it is not coming out or it is in the midst of coming out, I guess, every, every week. It's, there's three episodes out. It's as coming of today. out every week. It's coming out. Yeah. It's coming out currently. Right. And there are three episodes out already, but it is a, it's based on this video that I made years ago called the Gangster Party Line. Gangsters call in and I mean, the premise of the video is for, was that gangsters can talk crap to each other. There's a hotline gangsters can call right. to talk crap to each other. And the number in the video is real. And so, um, you know, it's a, it was a Google voice number and people still call that number to this day all the time. And so this podcast is just random people calling in and then me and some comedian friends talking crap with these people. I mean, I don't really talk. I'm not really a great crap talker myself, but I like to watch, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. uh, and listen, like that is, I like to, <laughs> I like to <laughs> watch. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we get, we have different comedian guests on and, um, some really good people calling in and talking crap. And we, uh, and the, the season finale is going to be cool. It's going to be a tournament of champions. Or I, I've these... heard from super producer Anna Hosine, the, the actual energy that is put into figuring out ranking, these people yeah, on that, the merits is like a whole other Herculean effort. That's a whole, yeah, that was a whole thing doing the, the lineups and the matchup for the, the brackets for, for that. But, but yeah, we, the ones that are out right now, we have Frankie Quinones is a guest on, on the first episode and uh, Moshe Kasher and uh, Brian Bowers is in the newest episode uh, that just came out. <laughs> so um, that's it. Yeah, Gangster party line podcast. It's called. So yeah. you can check that. And as far as me, I mean, you know, um, it's Brent Weinbach on most stuff, but Brent Weinbach comedy on Instagram and, and, but on YouTube, that's where my main stuff is, is Brent Weinbach. It's that's the YouTube channel. Everybody needs to go right, go there right yeah, now. And Brent, check out I, I have to say that. just to the listeners, I like, there's few times people come on, like where Jack and I are like, know so much of the, like the <laughs> work, work that someone yeah. has done, oh. but 
your videos are so fucking funny and I can't recommend <laughs> enough because most of them you're not in. So people yeah. wouldn't realize <laughs> you're know. making all these. And I'm like, sometimes I'll watch it. And I'm like, I think Brent made this shit because <laughs> it's so that happens out there. So much, right. they, that happens so much where they get stolen, you know, and re-uploaded yeah. by people. And I'm not in them and there's no like association that I have with them right. anymore after they re-upload. And they, they end up like a lot of times they'll go viral without my not like my upload won't be viral but right. then their re-upload right. will on like russian and like, youtube <laughs> yeah exactly yeah exactly or just yeah. like weird random Daily instagram motion, accounts and right. stuff and and it's interesting that it's like it goes beyond me like it's like this thing that i made and it's like i'm not even connected to it anymore you know but yeah, yeah. but yeah but, um the, check I, out the work it's fantastic yeah thanks and i do want to say gangster party line is so fucking funny the like because a lot of these people are calling up just based on having seen the viral video and the fact that you put a real number in the viral video and then they they just come up assume, like not knowing what they're going to get and some of them are so fucking good at just like the the woman who was like you sound like you're speaking with your whole body right now oh right <laughs> like, right 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 yeah that's on the so first episode yeah devastating yeah anyways uh, yeah no it's it's, it's, it's been it's been fun yeah we're, you know um get it on iheart iheart radio app or you can Wherever you get podcasts, <laughs> Apple Music, hey, wherever you get podcasts, yeah. Uh, is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? <sighs> Wish I, I don't really re like check that stuff out that much. We can also just tell them Miles and I can recommend a specific video from your YouTube page. But yeah, well, what's yeah? Let's yeah, mention something. I, I, <laughs> I wish, even know what they I wish I could give people like I'm what look, the fuck is this? I'm trying to look. I know that I was. To, I just don't don't really. Ha I don't really look at look at tweets and things that much no um, no worries yeah, yeah. you got to keep your head in the game baby uh i'll say just go to brent weinbach's youtube page okay because i mean it's look you can watch past guest ryan singer give birth okay well you, yeah I'm, actually that for that to see the full video that because even oh, though yeah. that doesn't really violate guidelines it really doesn't if you there's a lot of reasons why <laughs> it doesn't violate guidelines videos. but the, the what so that's yeah. the other thing about your videos. Some yeah. aren't on YouTube right. or are very censored. <laughs> ultimate go, drumming technique. You got to find that one. Well, you got to go to the website for that one. Yeah. Just ultimate. If you want to see the the real, the uncensored version, the ultimate drumming technique. NSFW. NSFW. <laughs> yeah. But, and so is kind of this one, but man gives birth. It's on Vimeo. If you want to see Ryan Singer give birth, <laughs> you got to go to my Vimeo channel, which is, you know, Vimeo.com slash Baron Weinbach. And you can see the full version of that. So. Uh, and Gangster Party Line is, you know, one of the first videos you see yeah. on Brent's. That's, yeah, that's YouTube on YouTube. And yeah. I have a good, yeah. there's a very good chance, the listeners, you have seen this video because it was fucking epic when when that came out. Like, was that 2013, 14? 2013, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that one, that one's one of those ones that just got re-uploaded re a bunch and stuff. <laughs> awesome. Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Twitter, Instagram, at Miles of Gray, and also the other podcast, 420 Day Fiance. But check that out at twitch.tv slash 420 Day Fiance. Um, now, when I'm talking about some tweets, I like, let's see. When you're talking about tweets, you like. When I'm ta when talking I, we're, about we're talking tweets, man. Let me let me hit you with <laughs> one of these. Talking tweets. Car at Carter Hamley tweeted, uh, every year I'm given no warning that the Kentucky Derby is happening. What if I wanted to go? <laughs> I feel this. I'm like, oh shit, that's right. It's, oh uh, shit, the derby is happening in five minutes. The horses are leaving. The, uh, yeah. Fuck. 
<laughs> oh, I guess next time. I keep make, keep forgetting to fucking write that down. And one more is from uh, at please be nice, but G-N-E-I-S-S. It's like a quote of someone saying, we don't know the long-term effects of the vaccine. And then in a parenthetical, get sunburned at the pool every weekend. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey. Well, I'll claim um, one of those, you know, you know, so I can, you know, say, oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. That one's good. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that one. Right, right. I was going to do that one. <laughs> At Roast Malone tweeted uh, something that we were talking about in this episode. She said, TV shows love to cast 29-year-old men as high school students and 29-year-old women as moms. <laughs> the... Yep. Uh, this is a little piece of reporting from Megan K. Stack uh, on the Gates divorce. She said, sometimes there's that one small detail about a famous person that sticks with you for years. And for me, it's been that Bill Gates negotiated into his marriage the right to take an annual beach house weekend with his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> what? <laughs> Whatever. That that guy was fine with Epstein. So, like, yeah, can, can you really be surprised? Shocking. And then Aaron. That, wait, that's tweeted. for real? Like, can that be backed up? I believe so. Damn. I mean. What a I, fucking weird guy. Like, to be like, and I legally. Yeah, yeah. I'll do the ex-girlfriend smash annually. <laughs> People were asking that, and uh, she dug it up in the tweet right below it. She said, thanks for digging this up. So now Oof. I know this has been in the back of my mind for more than two decades. Uh, <laughs> that, that piece of reporting was two decades old. Damn. Real. What's the dude who made Dilbert? He's got similar vibes to, to that guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Scott, Scott Adams. Some, yeah. Yeah. Just call him you Dilbert. Can, yeah, yeah call Dilbert. Him Dilbert. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, Footnote. where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as... A song we think you should go check out. Miles, what piece of smooth jazz are you going to recommend to the people? Oh, man. God, I don't want to... I got I to gotta think long and hard. I mean, I would I would probably pull up maybe some like Japanese city pop or something. Uh, okay. But what I want to do is hit people with a remix. Look, Still Tippin' and Diva Queen is Beyonce and Mike Jones together. Mm. And this one fucking really works well together. It's by Xez, E-X-C-E-Z. It's only going to be on SoundCloud, but it's the it's the still tipping Diva, Queen B, only V1. Okay, and I know that doesn't make sense, but you'll have to check the footnotes for that link. And, you know, just bump that out of your car. Bang, bang. All right. Uh, on, the, on the smooth jazz tip, uh, super producer Justin pointed out in the chat there's a dave cause cruise in europe uh that we will be linking uh, off to so you we can will all be going that. on at yeah point. yeah so we'll, we'll add that to the book notes we just invade some other guy's thing and call it the daily zeitgeist <laughs> the daily cruise zeitgeist. and they're like what are the i thought these look like, no we're not here for dave cause we're just using the infrastructure of your cruise to have our own thing <laughs> the cause cruise um, oh, the God. Dave Cruz. Uh, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for this morning. We're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Bye.